In the 12th century to the 1870s, samurai were essentially the military nobility of medieval Japan. The two films we will be discussing tonight, Seven Samurai and The Last Samurai, show them at the height of their time and at their last stand. This is the Crossroads Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. And I'm Ryan. Thank you for joining us tonight. Let's uh, take it away. Yeah. So do you want to uh, start with... Let's start with Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai? All right. Seven Samurai is a 1954 film co-written and directed by Akira Kurosawa. Uh, Even if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sure you've seen something that's inspired by the movie. This is one of the most influential films ever made. One of the biggest Western American films was inspired by The Magnificent Seven. Yes. I think it's essentially a remake of it. It's a very loose remake, but it covers a lot of the same themes just Mm -hmm. in the Wild West the Three Amigos, a Steve Martin film from the 80s, borrows a lot from this. And also A Bug's Life borrows a lot from this as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about that, and she's like, yeah, you're, you're okay, interesting. Like, yeah, that's... You know, now that you mention it, <laughs> it it's very similar. Yeah, um, it borrows a lot. There's some other things going on as well, but, yeah, anyway, we're getting off topic a little bit. Um, uh, so, a quick summary of the film... Um, there's a small village in 16th century Japan that's getting raided by bandits. And they the village people go out and search for samurai to protect them. Um, they find a samurai who then hires six more samurai that he knows. And they train the villagers and essentially defend them to the death. It's a pretty simple plot, like an overarching idea, but it feels epic. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with the amount of detail they put into it. Oh, yeah. This spans three months, Yeah, the whole harvest season. And most of the first hour, they're looking for the samurai. The middle hour, they're being trained by the samurai. And the last hour, they're fighting the bandits. It's three simple acts. Yeah, there just happens to be... This movie's very long. This movie is by far the longest thing we've covered so far. Three hours and 25 minutes. Yes, so this was the first time I've actually seen this all the way through. Was it for you as well? I've seen parts of it probably in community college about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember liking it a lot more than I did this time. And I hate to say that because I know this is like the pinnacle of samurai movies. And I really like samurai movies. I just thought it was way too long. It's a little long. I remember seeing a lot of it in uh, film history class, but we kind of watched the greatest hits of this movie. This movie is is long. It has enough plot to kind of fill a like a season of a TV show, and I think there's some stuff they could have removed on the screenplay level. But it's also that's kind of the idea. Like it's a much, it's a it's an epic story. It's very, it you know it, it covers three months of time. It covers. A lot of the area of Japan, you know, goes into backgrounds on all the major characters. Yeah, it's huge. The thing with this movie is it really wants you to feel for every single character that you meet. Because every character has their purpose in the plot. Yeah. Sorry. I'm waiting for that dog. Yeah, there's a... There's this whole bit where one of the samurai is just kind of this big, this big grumpy, big grumpy jerk for a lot of it. And then you kind of learn, oh, that's why. And to me, that's like the pinnacle of the movie. This and, movie really shines with the character development. Oh, yeah. 
that and the visuals the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous yes it's it's the opposite of uh, a revolution everything just looks vibrant and alive even though the camera is constantly in motion the depth of field is insane sometimes there's you know two miles of of greenery it's all black and white so you kind of implied greenery but there's two miles of scenery behind the characters and everything feels like it's totally in focus there's this great uh, sequence with the samurai in a room and the camera is constantly in motion but you always see everyone's face in frame it's i, I have no idea how long it must have taken to to get that especially take. in the 50s like yeah. technology back then for filmmaking just isn't where it is today so yeah. they must have really been creative with the dollies and the tracking and even the blocking of each scene. Yeah, well, Kira Kurosawa had had gone to America, had you know looked into cameras. He didn't stick to just the Japanese uh, film scene, which was big, but he used everything at his disposal. He, he, I don't think he ever made an American film, but he spent time in America and studied the technology, and he knew what he wanted. How many films has he done? A lot. Quite a lot. Most like, of them are samurai, samurai films, but he also did modern at the time movies because he was most active in the 50s and 60s. Although yeah. he still made movies up until the 80s, I think uh, even into the 90s. I only know him from his samurai stuff. Yeah. I've seen Seven Samurai and I think Bushido is Bushido, one of them. Yes, Rashomon. Rashomon is my favorite personally, but that's more of a drama than it is an action film. Uh, that's um, We'll probably cover that at some point. That's one of the first really good ambiguous kind of films where something has happened but you're not really sure what it is you only get people's perspectives on it and it's all told to the camera it's it's a very interesting very cool way to, to do it we'll do that at some point yeah sounds interesting it's very good um kurosawa was one of the first like auteur filmmakers maybe not one of the first but definitely one of the biggest auteur filmmakers he was his own editor for a lot of his films he, he edited seven samurai yes and he Produced, wrote, and directed. He co-wrote with two other writers, but uh, I think I mean it was kind of his voice. He just you know needed. I mean, a lot of times they would work with more with writers to bounce ideas off of. On a film this big, you would definitely want to have that. Yeah, and definitely need more than one writer to see like continuity errors in the script. Yeah, I mean this this film is. I need to watch it again, I think, at least once because it is so long. It's and I, very dense. It's too. very dense. I took a couple breaks during it, and that takes you out of it a little bit. But, I mean, anything you want to see, it's here. It's it's moving. It's funny. It's dramatic. The action is unparalleled. The action is awesome. And that last 45 minutes to an hour is straight sword fights. Yeah. But what's awesome is that you've gotten to know these characters, so you, you really are invested. You, and you're rooting for them. And yeah. When some of them inevitably get cut down, it you feel it. It hurts. It's the kind of thing where, like, you know, I'm holding my breath realizing, oh, wait, why is this movie is like 60 years old? Oh, okay. It's that powerful. That's why I'm, I'm in, I'm, I care so much. Yeah. that That's the power of writing, mm -hmm. to make you just feel for these fictional characters. Yeah. Everything about this film is done tremendously well there's there's just beauty beauty in every frame it feels alive like i'm watching i watched this on a print that wasn't restored particularly well it was a little choppy and i'm still just in awe of how beautiful it looks i watched it on the criterion streaming channel and i think it was a little too clean because um i'm pretty sure it was 60 frames per second and this obviously was not shot in that no. and it looked 
pretty choppy at times, and that kind of took me out of it. Yeah. I think I would have preferred the dirty print. Yeah, the the version I did, I watched it have some grain to it. That doesn't bother me at all, especially if it's I from love that. I film grain. <laughs> it, it adds a, not a realness, but like a palpability to it that you don't get with other mediums. It feels more authentic. Yes. I mean, most things are shot on digital these days, and that's... If that exists at all, it's artificially put into the put into the finished product. It's just a quick film grain filter. Yeah, not it's not real. Yeah, and you can tell everything. Even the film grain just looks too clean. Yeah, Knives Out went through extensive post production work to make it look like film, and I'm like, why didn't they just shoot it on film? It probably would have been cheaper and easier. Oh yeah, Chris Nolan still shoots on yeah. film. Yeah, but Chris Nolan's Chris Nolan. Yeah. He gets away with a lot. <laughs> all right, we're we're getting off topic. Yeah, well, let's um, let's think about. about Kurosawa films just they're so influential it's really easy yeah. to get off to talk about other things like he, Star Wars he really and... paved the way for oh, yeah. for uh, modern film Absolutely. and George Lucas strictly or George Lucas even thanks Akira mm. Kurosawa in um, an episode of Clone Wars that doesn't surprise me at all it starts with For Our Friend Akira Kurosawa yeah. I think it was the year he died because he died in the, he died in the 90s did he? late 90s okay. yeah I thought it was more recent no he was I mean he lived a good long life, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he, it's been, he's been gone a while. Uh, Martin Scorsese just claim, claims him as his biggest influence, and that doesn't surprise me either. No, not he's, at all. I mean, Scorsese is someone who's never been shy about stealing from the greats, and you don't get much better than Kurosawa. Tarantino with his Kill Bill oh, uh, yeah. double, like, very influenced by Kira Kurosawa, and he specifically said Lady Snowblood, which mm-hmm. isn't akira kurosawa but another famous samurai flick yeah i mean even um the rizza with uh man with the man with the iron fists you can feel a lot of the love for this as well that's a little campier on purpose Mm -hmm. but the the love is there and i feel like unfortunately we only have so much time to watch movies in a week i think i would like to watch this a couple more times to really talk about it much more in depth Maybe we could do like a greatest hits episode we should, and yeah, go back <laughs> and do like three or four of our favorites. Yeah, that would be a... Well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk Maybe about like that. a New Year's special. That would be, yeah, that would be a cool thing to do. I would give this a high recommend, but I will be rewatching it, I think, in order to appreciate it a little bit more. I'm going to give it a mid recommend. It's very good. It's not for everyone and it is overly yeah. long. Yes, it does have a couple stumbling blocks to get into it it is entirely in japanese with subtitles that doesn't bother me doesn't bother me either the subtitles are not the best they are a little stilted that's more i think a product of it being in the 50s than anything mm-hmm. else translation and maybe the cut reason. you had yeah the criterion one is perfect with okay subs. it might be they may have rewritten them since then because that was released by the criterion collection probably in the late 90s early 2000s so i think it was even later than that maybe yeah. like 07 yeah it's but they're a little stilted um it's all in black and white, which doesn't bother me. Any, but can bother me. some people. And it's very long. It's the longest film we've covered. It's three and a half hours it's long. It's longer than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. And that's saying something. Any of the Lord of the Rings it has its own uh, intermission. Mm-hmm. So, seeing as you were complaining last week about the intermission being too short, <laughs> how do you feel about this intermission? I learned from my mistakes, <laughs> and I paused it probably for a day. I went back to it the next yeah. afternoon. I think that that gave me the the best way to talk about it. Yeah. Because uh, Hamilton, I, I was yeah. like, this is only two and a half hours. I don't need yeah. an intermission. <laughs> oh, I was wrong. Yeah. Now, this there's like a five-minute frame of just... Uh, the Japanese kanji. Just kanji that I don't know what it 
what it means. But sure, it said intermission. Yeah, and you just you know chill out for a bit. Um, to wrap up, Seven Samurai, would you watch an Eight Samurai? <laughs> <laughs> I probably would. Uh, you know, or the prequel Six Samurai. But no, uh, sorry, that, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> um, I pr- I probably would watch something in that same vein. Maybe catching up with that town later on. I don't know. How about what do you? I'd watch anything by Kurosawa. I'll watch almost any samurai movie, too. Yeah. I'm a big samurai fan. Um, although, I haven't seen nearly as many samurai movies as I would like, but I'm working on it. Yeah, there's there's still a few coming out every yeah. year. Takashi Miike always does a bunch of samurai movies. Because yeah, he kind of makes like nine movies a year. I have no idea where he finds the time. Yeah, he, he produced a whole series of like children's, like, Japanese television yeah. and did four other movies that same year. Yeah. And he's like in his eighties now, I think. I think he's six seventy. Okay. He's I'm in awe of that man's workload. Not everything he does is amazing, but he also just produces more than anybody else. Oh, so yeah. and he's at Toronto Film Fest every year. Of course he is. <laughs> and uh we went there last year and he we saw the world premiere of his new movie, First Love, mm-hmm. and he was just making jokes like, Yeah, I'm um, this is my first time here. Everyone obviously knows it's fake. Or he's been there year after year after year. But anyways, um, let's move on to Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Yeah. I think uh, it's important to, to kind of get off this beginning of this conversation. Um, this film acknowledges the whole idea of like the white savior, but it, it doesn't adhere to it. And I think that's one of the biggest critiques I hear about it from people who aren't that familiar with the movie that Tom Cruise doesn't come in and save the samurai. He joins them. He does not save them. A big critique I hear is just like, oh, Tom Cruise is a samurai? Yeah, right. And that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. he It, it is based on an event that actually happened. There was a soldier who got caught up in the samurai and joined their way of life. It wasn't as dramatic as what's presented, but it's still a pretty cool story. So to cu- summarize, there's a revolu- or Indian War yeah. vet played by Tom Cruise who gets paid by Japan to train their new and upcoming army to take out the samurai once and for all because they want a unified Japan. And in the first battle, he gets taken captive from by the samurai and essentially joins the samurai and train trains with them and joins them to the last yeah. stand. It's... It's a very cool story. I like it a lot. Uh, you don't know where it's going to go. I, I kind of wish it had, had a different name because in the beginning when you see Tom Cruise as like this drunken, you know, tortured soldier who basically makes his living trying to sell this this gun, this like new multi-shot rifle. I think it's a Winchester. Yeah, and it can fire like six shots without being reloaded. He goes through this whole dramatic thing and it's it's very funny. Uh and then he gets hired to go go off and do that. I wish it was called anything else except for The Last Samurai because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Knowing it's called The Last Samurai really kind of leaves you with only that is what it could be about. I think they were kind of trying to go off uh, The Last of the Mohicans. I could see that, yeah. Because I was thinking about that while watching it too. Like, why is this called The Last Samurai? Yeah. It, it could have literally just been called, like, Samurai. Yeah. Uh, apparently... And I don't speak Japanese, but uh, samurai is both a singular and a plural noun. So it refers to um, Ken Watanabe's character and the, all the rest of the samurai were the, the last of that particular 
group of people. Yes. Uh, oh, Ken Watanabe, by the way. This was his first American movie and yeah. the first time he spoke English on screen. Yeah. And you wouldn't know. No. His Academy Award nomination is very well deserved. I, he should have won. He's. So I don't know who good. won that year. I didn't go yeah. into it, but I. he was phenomenal. He's, he's incredible. Because he, he has to play, you know, the, the caring the mayor basically like, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term he's kind of the leader of that that group he's also the warrior he also loves his family he has moments of humor his he, emotional range is unparalleled yeah. in this movie he he has to i mean it's subtle but his english gets better throughout the film and i'm sure they shot it out of sequence so who knows how that was accomplished but in the beginning he barely speaks a word of english and by the end he's been talking to algren for so long that they can kind of switch back and forth a little bit between Japanese and English, and it's very cool. And he picks up nuances of the language. He's making jokes in English by the end, and it's it's a fantastic performance. Also, on the reverse side, Tom Cruise goes from English to Japanese yeah. throughout the movie, and by the end, he's speaking mainly Japanese. Yeah. So it's a nice trade-off between the two characters. It really shows how their relationship deepens yeah. from being captive to being family. Yeah, it's... It's a, basically um, Tom Cruise act, pretty much accidentally kills uh, Ken Watanabe's character's, I think, brother-in-law? Brother? Thought it was his brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, yes. Yeah, brother-in-law in combat. And because of that, um, he was not killed. He was captured. They didn't want to you know, dishonor him by killing him because, it, you know, this whole, this whole thing. So he's basically kept captive in the house of the man that he killed. And he's still dealing with his alcoholism at that point in time. And a lot of the film, I'd say a good half of the film, is him getting to know the Japanese culture, getting over his demons, dealing with his guilt. It's not an action movie. And I think they kind of marketed it to be one. And they, it's a drama. Oh, yeah. It's it's a drama with three action sequences. And those action sequences are phenomenal. Oh, they're so good. The uh, the beginning, of the first one, I think, the first major one with the... It's the new Japanese army yeah. versus the samurai in the woods. Yes. And the when those samurai pull up, incredible. the first time you see those samurai, they're riding on the horses through the smoke and they got their, their giant helmets on. They look like demons. They do. It's so cool. And it's, it's framed yeah. so well. And, like, you see the, the army just, like, cowering in their boots because it's the first time they've fought. They're all just citizens of Japan. And then the next one is the ninja sequence, which is my favorite sequence in the movie. Yes. It's so when it's I, fun, it, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. There's one other one when Tom Cruise is walking through the town at night, and he gets jumped by a bunch of, I'm not sure if they're ninjas or the swordsmen. And you see, he's been training for a while at this point, and he takes them all out without just basically an instinct and then he replays how he did it and it's so cool say what you will about tom cruise's acting style he can be a little intense sometimes i've always liked tom cruise but he's really good and he's great in that moment because he has to sell like holy shit what the fuck did i just do oh man (laughs) and that the way that scene shot too like when he takes them out it's so fast like you don't even have time to process it let alone tom cruise doing it mm-hmm. and then i really liked how they went back to slow it down and show each hit with the nut with the swords and the yeah. blocks and the kicks and that choreography was awesome it's, yeah it's a film like 
Ed Zwick is not someone I'm super familiar with as far as his uh, filmography goes, but he he knocks out of the park here. It, I mean, moving between America, Japan, different areas in Japan, going from the city to the uh, to the enclave, for lack of a better term. And a lot of it was shot in uh, New Zealand, of all places. Yeah, I, w- I was looking that up. I'm like, I wonder if this was really shot in Japan, and they thank New Zealand a yeah. lot. And that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, well, I've, apparently it's because a lot of Japan has been built up. It's mostly mm-hmm. cities at this point. There's not a whole lot of area where there isn't anything. Yeah, it's not um, a lot of that mountainous regions yeah. that the samurai live in. But New Zealand has tons of that, so it makes sense to go there. I don't think there's a single thing about this movie I dislike. I haven't, yeah. Um, my only minor concern is that uh, you know people might mistake it for the white savior, and that's not what it is. It, I can see where people are coming from, mm-hmm. but if you watch the film, it's not... It's acknowledged, but it's not the idea of the movie. It's This is not Dances with Wolves. This is not Avatar. It's a much better version of that. I do want to draw attention to two uh, fantastic comedic performances that of Tim Spall and Billy Connolly, who are only in... Tim Spall's only in the beginning and the end, and Billy Connolly's only in the very beginning, because he dies in every movie he's ever in, ever. Yeah, uh, I totally forgot Billy Connolly was yeah. in this. I, mis- I mistook him for Sean Connery for, yeah. like, until he died. I'm like, yeah. wait, that's not Sean Connery. Yeah, that's, um, that's Billy Connolly, who is Scottish playing Irish, which is weird, because he's not really making any attempt to change his accent. And they have the same beard, too. <laughs> yeah, but he's... He's a very funny comedian who can pull off some drama. I wish he had had more to do. He dies like 20 minutes into the movie. But he gets a few really funny moments. And Tim Spall, who people probably know best as Wormtail from Harry Potter. Gets he's a, great in this. He's, he's funny. He's heartfelt. He has to do... He has to carry a bunch of the dramatic scenes, especially in the beginning and the end. Like here's a scene when he has to pretend that Algren is the president to get him through. And you can tell, like, if they get found out that they're going to get executed, but it's also very funny. And even after that line, he turns to Tom Cruise and says, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> it's very subtle, but... Yeah. And then Tom Cruise, who, like, you know, normally is Mr. Intensity, kind of goes like, oh, oh shit, I have to kind of sell this ruse now. <laughs> it's, but, uh, yeah. All the, again, with, with this and Seven Samurai, all the characters are just so well written, and they yeah. work. All the actors have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Even the kids and Tom Cruise at the yeah. dinner table when <laughs> yeah. when you, they first have dinner, the little kids making that like goofy face at him, yeah. and Tom Cruise does that like angry face. Because mm-hmm. oh. that, that that kid like he knows something is wrong, but he's still a little kid. Like, he can't really process it all that well, and oh, it's so great. Uh, also worth note worth noting is um, the actor who plays Amura, like the, the Japanese general of the modern army. He's not an actor. He's a director. He had never acted before. And he did great, he too. He did a great job. I mean, I'm sure there's there's some amount of crossover when you have to be a director, but uh, he had never acted. He he had been involved in casting at some point, but they needed someone with a very strong command of English, and he has a very strong command of English, so he would do that. And it's he's great. I mean, He'd never really acted since either. I think it's a shame because he's very good at it. Yeah, every person in this movie is awesome. Yeah. Even the kids mm-hmm. and the choreography is great. The music is really good. There's a really good use of flute in this. Yes, it's it's very cool. I would not be surprised if that also got a got an Oscar nomination. It's the lead up to the last battle when the cuts are timed to the music 
to the, the, the drums basically until it starts breaking that after a few a few iterations it sort of breaks that uh, it's it's one of the best uses of score mixed with cinematography that I've I, I can think of it's really minutes. intense and it really ups the intensity with those drums yeah the, yes this is also a very strong recommend for me <laughs> I yeah I th- honestly think this is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I saw it in high school and really liked it, but I haven't watched it since. And yeah. Upon watching it today, I it was phenomenal. Yeah. It I was engrossed the whole time. Mm. Um, it's it's really moving. Yes, and like people are gonna think it's just a stupid action movie with samurai, but it's not. It, it's a film about regaining mm. honor. Yeah, and that's what the. The samurai are all about honor, and the Japanese culture is all about honor. And I think this movie perfectly encapsulates that. Yeah, it's about finding your place in the world, finding your family. There's, there's not no, nothing is wasted in this film. Even though there's a character named you know code name Bob or nickname Bob who kind of wanders around for half the movie, he doesn't say a thing. It's not wasted time. That builds it to something. It builds into something, and it pays off very well. Yeah. I mean, there's things that are set up in the first 10 minutes don't get paid off until the end, and you don't forget about them. Maybe you do, like, subconsciously, but you're still kind of paying attention to them, so when when they pay off. With Bob specifically, Tom Cruise talks to him before he knows Japanese. He's like, oh, what are you, my protector or something? (laughs) And then the last thing Bob does on screen is takes a bullet for Tom Cruise. And it's a great callback to... Mm -hmm to the, the start it's there's there's so many awesome things this this movie is i don't think it's the best samurai film but i think it's probably the best in entrance into samurai films for an american audience i completely agree like, it's a great like babies first samurai yes movie. and it's also a fantastic film in its own right like you could say this is your favorite samurai film and you know no one's really going to judge you on that maybe some people will but people who haven't yeah. seen it will yeah or just don't get it yeah but it's it's very very moving. It's it's such a great piece of. Uh, it's probably one scene. of my favorite Tom Cruise movies too. Oh yeah, and like I like I said before, I really like Tom Cruise. I'll watch anything he's in, honestly. And this is top tier Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, he was involved in this as a producer for a long time, and only as long as uh, Edward Sitwick was. But for over a year, he was working on this film, and it shows. I mean, there's a lot of care put in. It's a passion project. Yeah he has a reputation for being a little too intense sometimes that does come across on screen a little bit but he also cares a lot and this was right in the pinnacle of when he was like really caring about what he was yeah i think after this he started to i I think he started to do more action-oriented films after this yes that's i mean i can go on about this for a long time but we should probably wrap this up a little Mm bit it's uh yes both these films are recommends uh you probably have to do a little bit more heavy lifting to get to the seven samurai just because it's intense it, it it's demands long. more it's, of you as a viewer you should probably know a little samurai history before watching that yes. too um but yeah start with last samurai and then maybe lone wolf and cubs a good next good yeah. one and then maybe you'll be ready for seven yeah. samurai rashomon is my favorite of the any takashi miike movie yes. Yeah. Well, any of the samurai, because he yeah. he also makes <laughs> not modern, the yakuza movie. Yeah, he makes modern horror. He makes romance. He makes you know insane different things. Even Kill Bill is a good mm-hmm. starter samurai, specifically yeah. part one. Yeah, I mean a lot of 
a lot of uh, Quentin Tarantino films do owe something to the samurai. Even um, Hateful Eight, I think, has a little bit of samurai in it, in the same way that a lot of westerns do. But yeah. Um, would you yeah. watch a sequel to Last Samurai? Uh, I don't know how you'd make one, but I would certainly. I don't think you. I would now because it's been so long from that. But I think I would watch something in that same universe. Yeah, I, I think a sequel to Last Samurai would just be like a straight to DVD nonsense. Yeah, you know, just maybe they all come back as zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. that's all I got. Both of these movies are very yeah. good. Um, Seven Samurai is a little rough, but. Not yeah. not rough as a movie standpoint, but rough to just like watch. Yes, it's it demands a lot of you as a viewer. It you know, it's one of those films that is very very good, but is a little intense due to the length, due to the complexity. It's in another language, which you know you have to pay a little bit more attention. You have to read the subtitles and also watch the framing. But very very good, highly recommended for me. All right. Um. Still discussing what we're doing next week, but yeah. stay tuned for some news on that. And yeah. thanks for listening. Thank you.